0: I was an engineer, and in 2008, lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now, I share my tips to create interview winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. Hey there, and welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansel. We are excited as we're in our 100 plus episode. We're actually at episode 113, how to answer common interview questions. You know, today's topic came about as I travel across Central Florida, working with both small and corporate 500 businesses, getting to talk to recruiters, human resource managers, hiring managers, and directors. It's interesting, though, when they pose questions during an interview, They're simply trying to understand more about you, your life, your background, so that they can see if you're a good fit. You need to remember that your resume got you in the door. Your resume, the content on it, must have had enough valuable information for you to make it into the yes pile. So I'm going to go over some common interview questions and how you might choose to answer those. It might give you a leg up. It might give you a helping hand when you go in for your next interview. Be more prepared. Also, I highly recommend you stick around till the end because I have some bonus content, including how to end your interview. You won't want to miss that. So talking about how to answer common interview questions, one of the big ones that is a pet peeve of human resource managers for both small and large companies is the following. Tell me about yourself. This is where people go on and on about their work experience and their qualifications and why they'd be a good fit. There's a time and place for that during the interview, but this specific statement, this question, if you will, tell me about yourself, it's meant to truly dig into who you are What's your background? What's your experience in your life? Maybe tell me something about your education, where you come from, something like that. They're looking for something that allows you to relate to others. The resume, again, got you in the door, got you the interview. And that's great. You should be commended for that. But what they're looking for now that they've got you face-to-face to see how well you communicate, What are your soft skills, which we'll talk a little bit about that further at the end of the show. But do you fit in is the bottom line. So did you play sports growing up? What were specific educational interests you had? Maybe some hobbies, something like that, just as maybe an icebreaker, something to get to know you. It sounds funny, but again, I've heard this complaint time and time again. In fact, a few HR managers, human resource managers, rolled their eyes when I asked them about it. It just seems to be something that's a nagging negative experience for them. So think about it. As you're driving right now, maybe taking a jog, exercising, however you're listening to this show, consuming it, what would you say if you had 15 seconds, 30 seconds? Tell me about yourself, Craig. Yeah, it takes some time just to reflect. What do you want to share and what do you choose not to share? You want to put the best possible spotlight on yourself and with regard to this position that's open that you've applied for. But there's still a human side to you. And that's what they're asking about. Not only have I heard this complaint, but I've also heard several human resource and hiring managers' responses. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm suggesting you talk about. We simply want to get to know you. Maybe you knew that already, but I know that was good advice and I appreciate it should I need that in the near future. I'll certainly continue to share that with all my coaching students going forward. Next, tell me about your experience. When you answer there's something that you need to understand about this question or any other where they're data mining and asking for information. Everything, and I mean everything, is about how you and your experience can benefit them or the role that you're applying for. Now, you might be passionate or highly experienced in a number of areas. That's great. That's great that you have that experience, that work ethic. But you need to pare it down. Pare it down and focus on what's important to them and their organization, that role. When I coach students and also when I speak at schools, I frequently use tools to help get my points across. One such tool that I repeatedly comment on is using the acronym WIFM, and that's W-I-I-F-M. You may be familiar with it, especially if you listen to prior podcasts. With him stands for What's in it for me. Now, let's pause a moment. I'm not speaking to you, the listener, saying what's in it for you. You need to turn the tables with regards to your resume when you're preparing information to place on it, and also during the interview. It's not what's in it for you. We know why you're there. You've applied. You're interested in the job. You'd like some compensation for being awarded the job. And in turn, you're going to bring value to the organization, hopefully, and value to the end customer. The with him is from the potential future employer's viewpoint. I can't emphasize that enough. Everything you have on your resume should be how it benefits your future employer, your potential future employer. Everything you speak about during an interview, the same thing. Now, another tool that I frequently use and comment on is using the acronym SMART specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time based. So, what am I getting at? Generalization is not valuable. Your resume got you the interview. Now it's time to shine. You're not only going to back up and reinforce your resume content, but you need to expand on it and wow them. This is the chance. If you're still not getting the picture, think of it this way. There are two of you that applied for the uh, applied and won the interview. Let's say you came from the same company and you both want to get out of that company, but there's only one role at this new hiring company. So, you both have the same work experience, the same work ethic, even the same qualifications. So, How do you differentiate yourself from the other person, that other prior peer from that company you worked with? That's where you have to understand the specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based things that you did. It's more than likely you may have both done the same job, similar roles, but you did it differently. One of you may have performed more strongly than the other. Hopefully that was you. And you may have achieved certain things. Those achievements, not the tasks, are what go on your resume and what you reinforce and bring up during the interview. Your achievements, you want to let them know what benefits, what value you bring to the interview. So, we talked about tell me about yourself. That's about digging into you, your background, your likes, your dislikes, your hobbies, things of that nature. But again, choose with what you share. Then another big one, tell me about your experience. Connect most if not all of your stories, your qualifications, your experience, your trainings, to how it could benefit your future potential employer. Here's a good one that trips people up. What's your worst attribute? Worst is such a harsh, extreme word, but it's there for a reason. It's an emotional word that can trigger people. I would say, without practicing for interviewing, I would have had a hard time answering this question. I might have even been emotionally triggered in the interview thinking, why do they assume that I have a worst attribute or you know a really bad attribute? But you need to have something to respond with. And I certainly recommend against, well, you see, I'm really great at what I do. I don't have a worst attribute. That would typically signal to me as a former hiring manager that you're too proud. You're blind or oblivious to the fact that you can't do everything perfectly well. You may be a really strong candidate. You may have performed really strong and really well in your past jobs, but we always have something that needs improvement. That's something that I highly recommend everybody kind of ponder on and think about. So maybe my worst attribute or you know, my biggest area of concern might be that I, I was a perfectionist in the past, and I would spend quite a bit of time focusing on what I would achieve or what I would perceive as the most perfect or the top, the, the excellence for results. There's nothing wrong with that unless that amount of time goes on too long. And then you're using excessive time and becoming inefficient, working just to tweak that solution, that report, that uh, task you're doing, just tweak and tweak and tweak and perfect it. That's when you become ineffective and other tasks or projects fall by the wayside. So I would say my worst attribute would be that I'm a former perfectionist and I'm always working to battle, striving to get everything just right before moving on. So I hold myself accountable and I'm working towards getting a very acceptable, above average solution so that I can then move on. My best attribute, that's another question for you. What is your best attribute? Again, you may have a couple that are very strong. How would that attribute affect and apply to the role, the company, the position that you're interested in? Again, think about it specifically from their viewpoint, all right? Now, here's one that's a good one. Tell me about your volunteering interests or community involvement. This is a chance for you to elaborate on how much you enjoy doing things in in your county, in your school system, you know, maybe in your church, your neighborhood, and generally they're unpaid, hence the nature of volunteering, such as donating your time. When you put them on your resume, by the way, a little bonus tip, don't just list the organization, such as a school or church. List it, but also include the position and note the impact you made, how you contributed, what you contributed. Don't just list the physical, facility, and title. That is important, so it's valuable to them for them to envision and understand. But what did you specifically do? How did you create an impact? This helps future potential employers envision you in those roles. Maybe they volunteered in a similar role and it brings them back to a time they enjoyed doing such. They could almost uh, assume if you will, which is a dangerous word that you did something similar and they can kind of equate they can um, they can connect with it. you know the organization that you're applying for that job role, hope you did your research if they're a very uh, interactive, Organization with the community or certain nonprofits or volunteering organizations, it'd be really great for you to know that, especially if you do have volunteering experience, because that's a really strong connector. As I mentioned before, assuming there are two of you applying with equal job history and skills, what could be something that differentiates you over and above the other candidate or other candidates? This is a really key thing that can help. Even though it's unpaid, nonprofit work and many times, it is something that managers and human resources specialists have both said can create the tipping point where you are favored more likely than the other candidate. You might say, hey, Craig, I get this volunteering, donating your time stuff, but I just don't have time. I need to focus on getting a job, getting work. Well, It can be just a few hours a week, a few hours a month, heck, a few hours a year. It all depends what you can afford. But I challenge you, stop, sit back, and look at how you spend your time, just in a general area. How much time do you spend on the computer? How much time do you spend on your smart devices? Is it always being efficiently used? Is it always productive? Or do you have time when you're spent kind of goofing off and relaxing? We all deserve some time, a break away, a mental break. But could you take a couple hours a week, a couple hours a month, and just donate that. You never know how it could help. By the way, it also helps you, would you believe it or not. You get to gain valuable insights into other people's situations. It helps you with networking and making connections while giving back to society. It also can be a very humbling experience. I just returned from a 14-hour day volunteering at the Florida Sheriff's Youth Ranch in the town of Safety Harbor. If you've not heard of the town, it's on Florida's west coast, and it's even west of Tampa. It's near the cities of Dunedin and Clearwater. So, regarding your talents, you'd be surprised how you can contribute. Maybe you're not mechanically inclined, but there are things you can do. This particular event had indoor and outdoor painting, exterior pressure washing, grounds work such as planting, trimming bushes, weed cleanup. And if you don't like it or don't know how to paint... You can do things to support the painters, such as taping, prep work, putting down tarps, so that you protect the floors of the cottage or the uh, home that you're working on. Additionally, maybe you're uh, you know, in good shape. You could move furniture in and out. Simple light work could be helping unscrew light switches and panels, as well as outlet covers. That way, the painters can come in and paint around them without worrying about what they get paint on. Everyone at this event had a job assigned and they also had a lead to connect with if they needed guidance. So even if you're considering through this podcast your first time volunteering, we would love for you to write in or touch us on social media at Craig Ansell, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Tell us what you're considering doing or what your past work experience was with volunteering. We'd love to get the ideas and maybe that'll spur some discussion and we could get a few Career Growth Made Easy podcast guests or podcast listeners to chime along for one of the next big events and see if we can help make a great contribution to Central Florida. Now, we've covered a couple topics today, rather a couple questions and how to answer those questions during your interview. I promised something, though, towards the end, that I would give you some bonus content. Number one, it's going to be how to end an interview. I'm going to start you off with this always ask at least one question about the company, the role, the position. You need to have at least one question prepared. I would recommend several in case it's a group interview and someone else asks the same question. You can basically piggyback off of other interviewees' questions if needed, but I really suggest coming up with some of your own. Now, One great question that a lot of managers and human resource professionals like, I've discussed it with them one-on-one, is, can you tell me about the role if I were in the position today? What would I experience? What is the role like on a daily basis? I actually saw some eyes roll in a positive way when I shared that with the human resource professionals, as if for them to say, wow, that's a great question, or I don't get that too frequently. What you're doing is you're envisioning yourself in the potential role, and they would explain to you what it sounds like. In my travels, working with a number of people, those both in management and students applying for new roles, I came across one such lady recently that told me she, in fact, used that statement. Do you have any questions? Yes, I do. Can you tell me about the specifics of the daily role? What work aspects would be needed? What interfaces I would perform with others? And after the company explained the amount of work in detail and what support, or in her words, lack of support, she would get during the workday, she would just be assigned tasks and kind of left alone just to crunch them out, not having a teamwork environment, not working with others in an efficient, organized manner. She actually was offered the job and decided to turn it down. This is a case where, although we're interested in being employed in a new position, possibly at a higher pay rate. You don't want to make that mistake. Leave a company that you're at, even if you're unhappy or find out that there's not a path for promotion or employment, jump into another role and then by mistake, learn out. It doesn't make you happy. Their work ethics, their values don't align with yours. It's a difficult call to be offered that role, learn that your resume got you the interview, the interview got you the job offer, and then you actually need to decline either in person or you ask for some time to decide offline. But that single question, hey, can you tell me about the job role in detail? What work responsibilities would I have on an average day here at Company X? Again, that helped her stop herself from making a mistake. Turns out she stayed with her current employer at the time, longer, and a really great position opened up, and she didn't need to leave her organization. She found out that she had a better opportunity in a different segment of her organization, and she's extremely happy where she is, making greater contributions internally to the company. And I followed up with her, and she does a lot of networking and volunteer experiences as well. Some she contributes to, and some she leads. So her heart's in the right place and her body is in the right place functionally working in a role she's happy with. So here is something to leave you with. Always have a question in an interview, at least one prepared. And think about not only how it can benefit them by asking a question to show your interest, but think about how it could benefit or in our case, protect you from making a bad choice and jumping to the wrong job. You can reach me, Craig Ansell, on social media. At Craig Ansell on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, always contact me directly, Craig at Craigigansell.com and visit our website craigansell.com. You can see our latest podcast episodes on all the major players. We're always looking forward to helping you out with one-on-one coaching. You can grab a reservation on our website or if you're interested in resume or cover letter help, or simply need to know what are the current trends and best ways to create a resume or update a resume, or maybe create your first cover letter, I have two digital online courses ready to rock and roll for you. You gain lifetime access to them, and as my student, you can go back time and time again. You can go back and update your resume, redesign it, or if you're new to the job world, it also covers creation. And then for when that job opportunity comes along that asks for a cover letter, maybe it spooked you and you didn't apply, That's the wrong choice. Use my Cover Letter Masterclass, which currently comes with the Resume Masterclass, and you can create your cover letter from a blank sheet to finished masterpiece in just minutes. I take you through literally every paragraph, every sentence on the one-page cover letter. Don't miss these opportunities. Grab my Resume Masterclass and Cover Letter Masterclass combo today. I hope you've enjoyed today's show, episode 113, How to Answer Common Interview Questions. I am your host, Craig Ansell, and you've been listening to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I look forward to talking to you next week. God bless you.